hello everyone. Um, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm going to tell you some stories from Facebook today. So I'm um, just coming to the end of my PhD um, at the University of Sheffield in the School of Education Studies. Um, I've been studying Facebook now for I think five years. Um, I'm a qualitative researcher and my study has taken an ethnographic approach and I started kind of hanging out and spending time on Facebook in 2008. So the data that I collected that I'm going to talk about today is from 2010-2011. Now it's important and I'm foregrounding this right at the start um, because Facebook is a completely different animal um, now than it was then. So some of the things I talk about are obviously um, still really, really relevant, but the way I approached it and the way I came to kind of understand Facebook, um, I guess has got slightly different parameters from maybe the way that you interact with it today. Um, can I just see a show of hands of who's got a Facebook account, please? <laughs> and who, who would describe themselves as a Facebook user? Okay. So there's, there's often a difference between having an account and people, people who do use it. So my focus of study um, has been first year undergraduate students and predominantly um, 18 to 21 year olds. So I'm again, very specific set of users. And I came to study Facebook because I was interested in just the sheer numbers of students that I was seeing when I was in the library, um, when I was going around, um, when I was in class as well. Um, my background is as a design educator, so I've taught um, design in FE and HE colleges for about 15 years now. Um, and I came to study, I kind of stopped working and then came to, to be a student again. And I, I just couldn't help but see the amount of Facebook that I was seeing in the library um, and in what I sort of perceived as institutional settings. Um, and there's some, just some figures on here, obviously they're dated from when I started the study, um, of very large um, sections of the undergraduate population being engaged with Facebook and that kind of builds on um, from what Melissa was saying, which are those, were those figures from last year, Melissa? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that still is the case, really. Um, so my PhD thesis is called Why Waste Your Time on Facebook? Um, and I'm interested very much in the everyday lives of Facebook students, um, not necessarily for learning and teaching, but for, for, the, for the mundane, I guess, is the, the best way to describe it. So I started off, my very first study on Facebook was looking at Facebook use for learning and teaching. So I started off with a lecturer who was using Facebook with his students, um, and that was for my master's thesis. And the findings from that was that um, the students were using this closed group, and it was very much used as a kind of administration tool um, and an organisational tool. And when I undertook that study, I, I, it made me realise that lots of the information that was out there about social network sites was about the potentials for them. It wasn't about the realities, it was, wasn't about the actualities. And so I realised I needed to take a step back and I wanted to spend some time, do a longitudinal study, um, hang out with students and just try and kind of understand how and why the students were using Facebook. 
So that's really kind of where I'm coming at. Now to do that, before I get into the data, I'll just give you a little bit of background um, of what I did. So I was looking um, ethnographically across multiple sites. So um, to do this, I this is kind of like my um, sample population um, graph here. So I sent a questionnaire out to the whole of the student population who was starting um, in 2010. And I asked them what they thought about Facebook and did they want to take part in some research on Facebook. Um, as a result of that questionnaire, I thought I'd get some responses. Um, I got 710. So I had this kind of big contextual data set um, with which to draw kind of findings from. And also, I had all these volunteers that were interested in taking part in the study. Now, through a process of kind of going backwards and forwards and, and learning more about what I wanted to um, kind of talk to them about, I ended up with six participants. So the six participants were the ones that I focused on and they became my Facebook friends and I could see all of their Facebook profile and they could see my Facebook profile um, and I would meet with them um, at very, various points throughout the year um, face to face to talk to them about what I'd seen on their Facebook profile, how they were getting on at university um, and how the two things were linked together. <coughs> Um, I guess kind of an aside is that I'm, I'm quite interested in the student experience and why people, students decide to go to university. So that was kind of, alongside my interest in Facebook, that was always in the back of my mind. Um, methods of data collection, I would, I would do things like take screenshots, as you can see here, um, and I did semi-structured interviews on Facebook using Facebook chats and Facebook messages, um, as well as the... Um, face-to-face -face interviews and kind of hanging around university generally. So the things that I was interested in um, and that I start to start to sort of become clear when I was when I was hanging out on Facebook is that the life worlds of a first year student, the academic and the social are totally intertwined. They're intertwined um, with Facebook um, in the digital and in the physical. And I thought that this was really important and I, it kind of moved my thinking on from understanding Facebook as being an online world that was separate from the offline world, um, which when I started the study I kind of believed that, that Facebook was a separate place and now, kind of five years on, I'm very much of the opinion that, that Facebook is layered across the physical and this digital, as we've been talking about Twitter before, it's the same with a lot of the social networks, this layer kind of permeates this physical space that we're in. Um, Jeremy said something earlier about um, the, the kind of real world, and, and I, I don't really like to use those terms. For me, what goes on on Facebook and on, in digital is real. So it's, it's very, and particularly for the, for the first year students in this study, um, they wouldn't differentiate between something, um, a friend that they had on Facebook and a friend that they had face to face. These are just some of the spaces that I was hanging out in, so that's my profile and that's some... Uh, some halls of residence that I was doing interviews in. So we'll move on to some of the stories. Now, um, in my actual thesis, the way that the data um, was analysed and I guess my um, the framework that I, that I took was very much looking at um, time and space. So I drew on the work of um, Barbara Adam and Doreen Massey and 
I've got six stories of my six participants that go through the academic year. Um, and for me, these are kind of key moments, and they pick out how students use Facebook at different times of the year. Now, obviously, I don't have time to talk through all of those with you today, so I've picked two, and they're quite contrasting. Um, so I'm starting off with um, Josie's story. Now, she, um, in one of our very first interviews, was very keen to tell me that this university was run on Facebook. So even before she'd started the university, she'd come to an open day and she'd been told by another student that this uni was run on Facebook and you need to get on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, you won't know what's going to go on here. So what I've got is some excerpts of uh, the way I've presented my data, which is a mix of um, direct quotes from when I interview the students face-to-face, -face, and it's also elements from their status updates. So if you don't use Facebook, basically, um, the way that you communicate with your Facebook friends is that you'll give status updates, and that's telling people what you're up to and what you're doing. So this data here is a mix of both of those. Okay, so recent activity. Josie updated her current location to Manchester. 27th of September, 2010. Ow! Uni lesson number one. No one tells you anything. Ta-da! German sem seminar at nine tomorrow morning. Oh look, eight hours away. Loads of notice. And there's that set reading. For intro lectures, lecture two, fine. But if you're going to do that, notice really feeling reading three intro intros to music psychology at two in the morning and it's 1.46. Luckily some new classmates I'd met in Freshers Week read that status update and they said apparently that reading is for after the lecture. <laughs> Sleep. 28th of September 2010. First class is over, not too painful. Here come the auditions. So much to fit in this week, and I'm off to watch Iron Man 2 with the film unit later. Recent activity. Josie attended film unit presents Iron Man 2. 29th of September 2010. Life is manic! So many random commitments already. I'm in the pantomime as the evil stepmother, and the mother of my BF, and the chamber choir. The singing society and the light entertainment society should be fun. I'll get on the committees, hopefully. I've joined the University Music Department page for updates on the course. More auditions later and exploring around the city, me thinks. Recent activity, Josie likes music. 5th of October 2010. Oh, fresh flu has struck and it's my first singing lesson of the year and I'm busy between 9am and 10pm today. Sigh. I put all my deadlines on my exam deadlines in my diary. Mild hysteria is ensuing. Let's see if I can manage to keep all these commitments today. 8th October 2010. I nearly missed out on the music social because I didn't get the event invite. Sad face. I've joined the group now, so I won't miss any more. What a fab night. The music crew are ace. So glad I went. Recent activity. Josie is attending music social. So that's just a little excerpt from um, Josie's story. And you'll see that's really in the first two weeks of the academic year. Um, just within this data there, you'll see that she's liked a, a Facebook page, which is one of the um, university's official pages that's run by her course. 
and she's also joined um, the music group. Now, if you don't use Facebook pages and groups, the difference between those are a Facebook page is a very public page, often set up by the institution. Um, they're open and anyone can join them. Whereas a Facebook group is often student-initiated and um, a closed space, so a bit more private. Um, and within this one, this was run by um, the Music Society students to basically um, give out information and to organise their socials and um, give feedback. So Josie's story is based in the first semester um, and for her, Facebook was very much intertwined and helped her organise her life. So you'll see in the very first excerpt, she thought she had lots of work that needed to be done in, in the first week. She, she didn't quite understand um, what was expected of her. Um, she'd obviously read through some of the information given and thought that she, you know, she's a good student, she's keen, she wants to, to go through it, um, but she misunderstood. She posted that on Facebook. Her new friends automatically told her, no, don't, don't be silly, go to sleep, you know, that's, that's for next week, because they'd obviously read it in a bit more detail. Um, I've got quite a lot of other examples of students um, doing that either through their own profile or through a group space. So where the homework's been set or they don't quite understand an assignment, they use Facebook to help each other and, and there's a lot of peer support goes on. Um, one of the things I think is key is time is really important. So she, she posted that at probably 1.30 in the morning, um, but her, her peers were there, they were online, they were saying, don't worry about it, you know, it's okay. If she'd have sent a, an email to a lecturer, obviously they would have been in bed. They certainly wouldn't be emailing back students. Um, so Facebook does afford 24-hour access to your peers if you happen to have a good um, set of peers who are also on Facebook. Um, it connects you to people and to different spaces. Um, so through Josie's example there, she's got a group and a page that will support her as well as her Facebook friends. Um, part of this support is the fact that, that Josie is always on Facebook. So Melissa's example there was someone was turning on their phone in the morning to check their emails. And now, in Josie's case, she opens her laptop, Facebook opens, that's the first thing in the morning that she does while she's still in bed. Um, and then that tells her what's going on and then she monitors it through her um, smartphone throughout the day. Um, a key thing to note there, all, all my participants, um, bar one, were, were kind of keen Facebook users. So if a student chooses not to be on Facebook, um, it's quite a, it could have quite a negative impact. Um, in those examples there, Josie was saying, you know, she, she nearly missed out on one of the socials because she wasn't part of the Facebook group. Um, and she felt that that was really important um, and the information is often only given out through Facebook. So if you're not on Facebook um, and somebody chooses, you know, I think there are ways to work around it. So I've had examples of students, they text each other and they say, oh, there's this event. But generally they forget, they just assume that everybody's on Facebook. And so they don't make the effort to um, check that the people who are not on Facebook are, are, are still going. So Josie is a heavy user, it organises her life, um, 
It organises her course and her society and her social life. Now, in, um, I guess, opposition to that, the second story um, is by another one of my participants who's called Thomas. Now, his story is about disconnection um, and not wanting to be here anymore. 27th of November. Thomas likes the university. There is something so arbitrary about liking someone's comments. It's so superficial. You press the like button and that's it. I mean, you don't have to think about it. 8th of December, 2010. I would really like to be at a different university. I don't fit in here. I have an interview for another one soon. I find the workload here too light and it's not meaningful or productive. The cultural ad adaptation I found very difficult. I find I cannot really talk personally with a British person. They don't really want to know how you are. I think the youth of Britain are very conformative. They always go in groups and don't have personalities. I think the internet and social networks trivialises communication and makes people have an illusionary view of themselves. I find Facebook a very superficial form of communication. 18th of December 2010. Thomas attended TED Prize at UN Live webcast. 20th of December 2010. Back home, seeing my family and real friends. The people I've met on my course are great, but it's not like they can be my real friends after such a short period of time. 12th of January 2011. I'm using Facebook much less as I've had direct contact, meeting up with my good friends from home. 17th of January 2011. I never post a status update to say what I'm doing. I don't use it to share how I feel. Instead, to share other information that they might find interesting, like political things. I like to upload my art photography so people can give me feedback. I like the idea that people can enjoy something that I did. The feedback is a good thing, not related to self-esteem. 19th of January, 2011. Thomas left the university. 30th of January, 2011. I want to meet the people at the new university as real before I add them on Facebook. I mean, how could you make friends on Facebook before meeting them? I want to make friends for them because I like them and we have things in common, not just for having something on my Facebook wall. 6th of February, 2011. Facebook is a very powerful communication tool. I can know people I wouldn't have been able to contact in other ways, many people. I use it to communicate with a few friends who use it too. It's not about my personality or identity, sometimes even for work-related things, but not for serious things. I don't have anything against Facebook, it's just that it cannot be everything, everywhere. Certain things work really well, feedback from friends, for example, when they comment on my photos. What I don't like is that it dominates everywhere. 18th of February, 2011. Thomas deactivated his Facebook account. So really in contrast with Josie, um, Thomas's story is positioned at the end of semester one. So at the university, he, he attended until the end of semester one, he did his exams, um, and then he left the university. Um, as a participant, he was really disconnected. He was dis disconnected with the use of Facebook. Um, compared to the other participants, 
the way he used Facebook was completely different from them. Um, the, the technology wasn't about socialization, it wasn't about friends. Um, and he also, at the same time as having this disconnection with Facebook, just felt a real disconnection with the university life generally. He thought that, that the way that the students behaved, they weren't serious enough. Um, he'd say things to me like, um, I want to work really hard, I want to play really hard as well, but the work is more important. And he just, just had a real kind of disconnect with this particular university. Um, he found them both superficial. And he kind of, he understood and he could see the possibilities of Facebook. Um, and he found it really useful for contacting people who maybe he'd lost their email. Um, but he just didn't see what all the fuss was about. He was like, you know, everyone's so obsessed with it. Um, and I think he was concerned by the fact that that was the norm and that's the way it should be. So he was, he was quite kind of a, a thoughtful, thoughtful young man. Um, so that was Thomas, kind of the top two things are about Thomas and um, he has gone on to go to a different university and he has interestingly reactivated his Facebook account. <coughs> so it's not that he's got an absolute hatred of Facebook. I think just at that point in his life, it wasn't appropriate and he was finding it, um, you know, he, he just wanted to take a step away from it. Um, and so that idea of, of stepping away from Facebook was also echoed in, echoed in some of the other participants and their friends. So within the first year, um, kind of academic year, particularly at exam points, so the end of the first semester and the end of the second semester, deactivating the Facebook account was um, a kind of key social practice which students um, engaged with. And that might be because they felt that they should be studying and so it was kind of a show of, I'm serious now, I'm going to study, Facebook account is going off. Um, or the other idea about disconnecting was that they just had enough of it. It was becoming too pervasive in their lives um, and, and they needed to just, I don't know, it was kind of a show of, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, in all my examples and people I spoke to, everybody went back onto Facebook. Um, <laughs> I don't know anybody who, who disconnected and stayed off. There were some stories about people disconnecting for Lent. So that was, that was quite a popular thing to do. I'm off, I'm off Facebook for Lent. Um, but it was interesting as it, as it went through the academic year, um, kind of the stories that come much later are comments around, I'm fed up with Facebook, I don't want to be on it, but I have to be. Um, that was definitely becoming more prevalent. And it, I would have loved to continue following the participants on Facebook, but obviously within a PhD you have to stop, and that was the boundary I gave myself. Um, just to see the changing perceptions of the way that Facebook fitted in through second and third year and on to employment. Um, so I think kind of summing up points from me really, um, amongst the majority of my Facebook friends, Facebook is the first place to go to when doing any sort of information seeking. So that might be um, where we're going to go out on an evening or what's that assignment, when's that assignment due or I've got a runny nose, where can I get some, anyone got any paracetamol? Um, you know, it is the first point of call. 
Um, and Facebook does structure the students' time. So the use of Facebook events, which is um, like a calendar, which is interesting from what Melissa was saying, you know, this use of the calendar um, to tell people uh, what's going on. So like in Josie's case, she was going to watch um, a film and by agreeing to go to the event, it shows other people that that's what she's doing. So other people can monitor um, and then turn up these places as well. Um, and I think that Facebook use does shape social practices. So the, the way that the students interact with um, each other at certain times, so this idea of being able to get constant feedback on what you're doing, um, the way that they, they organise, so they very rarely ring each other. It's kind of a, a group invite on Facebook to do something. Um, or, you know, prolific use of Facebook chats. I've had some examples where students have said they're on Facebook chat, which is the instant messaging system, and they might be talking to 50 other students um, across the bottom of the page. Um, that, that kind of level of multitasking across friendship groups is quite phenomenal, I think. Um, and then just going back to the last story that I told then, the idea of disconnection is just as important to study as the connected people. And I think when I started my study, I really wanted to look at the high users and, and the connected people. Um, and it was kind of really surprised that Thomas, that I had this data and that Thomas did disconnect. And, and it made me kind of question and maybe think, okay, yes, I, you know, again, within the PhD, you don't really have enough room to kind of do everything. Um, but also that idea that, so students don't necessarily all want to be digitally connected. And they're also not all academically challenged. So there were lots of themes to do with kind of boredom and procrastination that were related to Facebook and then on within to the student experience within the university. And I think that's something I'd quite like to, to look into a bit more. So that was a bit of a whistle-stop tour. Um, if you're interested in kind of the use of Facebook in higher education, there's a chapter that I've written that's coming out next year in um, an edited edition which is called An Education in Facebook and that's being published by Routledge next May and it's I think it's 20 chapters of all scholars around the world which has been written by Kent and Lever and they're based at Curtin University so I'm quite looking forward I, I don't know who else has written in it so um, I think it that's going to be really um, quite a critical set of, of chapters so quite good to have a look at if you're interested. <laughs> Thank you very much.